Hey guys, it's Johnny Cadillac, and welcome to another episode, after a little bit of hiatus, of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. Just wanted to give a forewarning going into this episode. This is, this segment here is being recorded after the interview itself that I did with fellow Chris Jericho cruiser Jamal Gary. A very fun conversation for sure, all over the realm of pro wrestling and the Jericho cruise, and the fact that Jamal is getting ready for his first ever WrestleMania. I'm not going to say too much as uh, I want you to enjoy this episode as much as you can. I just wanted to give a little bit of a forewarning though that the trouble with doing some of these interviews and not being in person is it can be a little little stingent at times with the sound quality. Uh, so there are times where where the sound quality is a little off uh, with the interview. I think I was able to recover it enough to really like extend the levels where you can still understand what's being said. But I want to give you that forewarning, so just listen close at times. But this is an episode that you will definitely enjoy listening to, in my opinion. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast with special guest Jamal Gary. It's time! Are you ready? Let's go! And welcome to an all-new episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And it's a little strange for me. I was just was two weeks ago, I was here and I was recording a tribute to Jay Briscoe episode that went out two weeks ago. And then I was wanting to bust out another episode that I just ran out of time for. So coming off of a, a week absence, but uh, had a valid excuse as I was traveling to Miami, Florida and going on the fourth ever Chris Jericho cruise of Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, uh, Four Leaf Clover. And joining me today is a man who, honestly, if if you uh, have been on any of the cruises and you don't know who this guy is, I'd be a little bit concerned because I consider him a real legend of the Jericho cruisers themselves, Jamal Gary. Jamal, how you doing today? I'm good, man, and just like you, man. <laughs> What a time it was to be alive, brother. We had just a great time. But uh, thanks for bringing me on, man. This is really cool, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And so, Jamal, I, I told you this before we went on air, but uh, a lot of why I wanted to bring you on, specifically coming just the first podcast I'm doing right after this last Jericho cruise, was I'm pretty sure any activity I ever did on the Jericho cruise, I saw you there. Or even after the activities were over and it's just nights in the casino or whatever else where, like, all the concerts and that was done, I still saw you just about everywhere and, you know, we fist bump whatever else. And uh, I, I feel like, and, and, of course, you did more than that. Um, well, I have to laugh because Chris Jericho himself even said that one thing he loves about doing the Jericho Cruise is jam-packing the schedule with so many activities that it makes it impossible to get to do everything you actually want to do. But I feel like you, you're kind of the caveat to that that statement, and you're still able to do absolutely everything you want to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely tough. I mean, that's the thing about the Jericho Cruise. They make it great 
to uh you know they have so many different activities and stuff going on so even if you're not into wrestling you can go to the casino you can do rock climbing you can shoot hoops you can uh go to the spa you know it's, it's so many different things going on and and it just just for me personally i'm just the type of person that just want to take in as much as possible so i i took it upon myself and i did this similar to uh the third cruise i wanted to try to check out every band every comedy showcase uh podcast it, whenever i could um yeah i mean I, it's just one of those things man it's just it's, it's a great time and i wanted to take so much pride in checking out everything i will say there were two things that unfortunately i did miss it was one uh swerve strickland's uh like his show unfortunately i missed because okay. i am a swerve fan okay I fair enough. Bad that, yeah i felt bad i missed that and the reason i missed that was because i was at talk is jericho's podcast with dan lambert when he was showing like all the history of like the championship belts which i was a really big fan of that show because i enjoyed hearing the history about the wrestlers who held those championships the origins of those titles which was really cool and I also hated the fact that I missed when Dan Lambert was putting those titles on display one day. I he, I don't remember him giving like a time specifically when he was doing it at the uh, atrium. I would love to like held those titles and, and chatted with him. And man, those were like two things. I was like, damn, I wish I could have made that. But in a way, it's almost impossible. You can't go to every single thing, but I, I damn sure tried, man. Absolutely. And, you know, I was looking at the schedule before the cruise. And specifically the Talk is Jericho episodes and who he was lining up for his guests. Because there's always like one or two episodes of Talk is Jericho that I'm like, if I'm able to, I would love to sit in on this interview. And then there's like one or two interviews that I'm like, okay, if I have to miss this episode of Talk is Jericho, I will be okay. And I knew they they said Dan Lambert was the, uh, the belt collector, so to speak. But I was like, you know, if I, I miss this one... I think I'll be okay. And then uh, shout out to Jason Ganley, who I, I think I saw him either the next day after that talk is Jericho or just even a couple hours after the the interview ended. And he was telling me how amazing that interview was and with all the championship belts there. And then, of course, um, you know, I don't want to give too much of a spoiler because this will be a future episode of the actual podcast. But if you saw on social media, because it did make all over social media that Dan Lambert gave the original uh, Attitude Era Intercontinental Championship belt that my favorite design of the Intercontinental title gave Jericho the belt from from his first Intercontinental title win, that actual title belt. And I was like, oh, that would have been a really cool moment to be a part of. So then I, I had second thoughts, and I was like, you know, I think I really did miss out on this one. Yeah, it was it was really cool, man, just to, just to see that. Um, I didn't know too much about Dan Lambert before he arrived at AEW, though, but right. just being there and, and listening to him, you can really hear his passion, how much he loves wrestling, how much he respects the business, history of the business, and for him to give Jericho that title, which was really cool. And even like Jericho said, I mean, it's amazing still to this day in WWE, he still has the highest title reigns at nine, I believe, in WWE yep. history, which is amazing to just how long that stand because I think right behind them is Miz, if I'm not mistaken, at eight or something. He's oh, like right okay. there. But they're not so, quite and, pulling the trigger on that of like breaking Jericho's record yet. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I believe it's Miz. I could be wrong, but he's like right there, I believe. I'm surprised no one's broken it yet, though. But that's remain that remains to be seen. We'll see. Absolutely. Now, 
again, I don't want to give too much away, like, because I wasn't there for that interview, so I will, as soon as I see that that episode Talk is Jericho is available and download on my phone, I'm going to immediately listen to it, and I'll just be bummed that I don't get to see the visuals of, like, actually seeing the title belts that Dan Lambert brought with him. But I do want to ask this one question. Was, does it seem off at all that Eddie Kingston was in on that interview as well, or was he able to provide enough that really still flowed with the rest of the interview there? Oh, no, no. Ed, Eddie's great. Ed, Eddie's the man. Like, I think he can fit in anywhere. I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan for sure. And uh, he, he really seemed like he was enjoying the conversation between the two. But uh, I'm not going to give too much away. But I will say Eddie did have a moment, like a mark out moment for one of the specific titles for sure. So it was really cool to see him mark out for that. And in the episode, which will come out at a later date, he'll explain why he really really had a markout moment for a certain championship he held. So definitely I would say to everybody, be on the lookout for that one because he explains why and, and the history behind a certain title, which I thought was really dope. Absolutely. So, I mean, and I, I told you before we came on this, the air, I don't have an outline. I don't have a template of like where today's interview is going. So we could be all over the place and then coming back to old subjects. And uh, so I want to warn not only you, but the listeners this, um, I think you definitely have what it takes to keep the conversation going. I'm not worried about it, but I uh, just want to give that forewarning. Uh, with that said, I do want to say this. So you said, you know, you've been to just about any activity there was on the Jericho Cruise. I didn't see you at the ultimate fan experience, but I was <laughs> a last minute addition of somebody's plus one for that. And that's a lot of money to cough up if you, if you want to do that. Um, but, you pride yourself. You you go on, you know, every band you, you see in concert on the cruise, everything else. But, um, and you said you didn't go to Swerve Strickland's, uh, show, but you said you, it's, a lot of that's because you're not as big of a Swerve fan, correct? No, no. I said I'm a, actually a big Swerve fan. Oh, okay. Really, my my misunderstanding. Really, no, no. It's all right. It's no, it's, it was just during the same time as the Dan Lambert Jericho podcast. Oh, okay. is why I missed it. Oh, okay. So I, I literally, that was one of those things where it's like, uh, I gotta choose. I gotta choose. But I was just because I remember seeing Dan Lambert. I think the day before in the hallway, and spoke with him just briefly, like, "Oh, you know, hey, how you doing, man? You know, I'm really looking forward to your show." And I was like, "Did you really bring like all your belts?" He's like, "Yeah, you pretty much bought most of all of me." Yeah, and I was like, "You know what? I got, I gotta go to that one just oh. to check that out." <laughs> That's so great. Um, but I do want to ask. So, there's one thing as a wrestling fan that I know about you. There's one wrestler that. Uh, really associates with you if anyone sees you from Jericho Cruises or on the Jericho Cruisers page or whatever else with a certain cosplay that you're known for. But with that said, the second wrestler I think of when I talk to talk to or about Jamal Gary is for the exact opposite reason, and that's one Maxwell Jacob Freeman MJF. So a hypothetical question: If there's a uh, future Jericho cruise where it's like MJF roasts the audience or something along those lines, but it's featuring MJF. Will you still try to go to everything you can, or is that going to be something you're going to end up missing? Ah, that raggedy bitch. That <laughs> raggedy bitch. I digress. But, um, well, here's, here's the thing about MJF. So I know some people ask me like, Oh, like you hate him so much, but here is the thing. I will give credit with credits too. There is no question he is an absolute brilliant talent. He's great at everything he does. 
there will 100% be a bidding war in 2024. That's for damn sure. I will give him that. And um, I think my problem I've always had was for, for so long, I wasn't sure if it was just a character or it was really just who he was as being a prick. But from what I've learned is that he's not too much of a dick in real life, as far as what I've heard. Okay. You know, I was like, okay. I'm like, you know, he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> but uh, but what I will say is, as of late, I finally decided to just, you know, kind of pull my head out of my own ass and actually kind of like watch what he does and actually learn and appreciate what he does for sure. Because I remember it was one podcast in particular. I think it was to AEW Unrestricted. And it okay. was Lee Moriarty on there. And he explained about the whole like firm thing at All Out and how MJF was the devil and how MJF really kayfabe everyone until the last minute and told nobody he was going to be the the devil, including the boys in the firm. And I was like, wow, you know what? I can respect that. He really kept kayfabe alive. And I was like, you know what? I can respect that for sure. But if they had like an actual roasting section, I'm not going to lie. I'll probably squeeze in there, you know, for a few okay. minutes to just check it out. You know, not going to lie. Now, I, I will ask this. So, you've been on all four Jericho cruises like I have, correct? That's correct. So, did you have, on the second Jericho cruise, did you have any interactions with MJF whatsoever? Uh, it was one in particular. Um, so, I'm walking out of the buffet, and I guess it was like a group of guys that were just getting ready to like it, you know, take like a little group picture, like a little reunion or something like that. And I'm walking past, and I can't remember who it was, but one of the guys was like, Hey, weren't you on the first one doing karaoke? I was like, yeah. And I guess they remembered me from the first one because I did karaoke with uh, Matt Taven and Kenny King. Okay. And, and then they're like, oh, dude, you want to get in, we're getting the group pitch? Like, we'll love how you're in the pitch. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. You know, I'm gay. You know, you know just hanging out, just having a great time. You know, getting ready to take the picture. And who just comes in out of the blue and just grabs the person's phone and takes the camera away? It was just MJF just literally just took it and just started walking off. You know, just wanted to just ruin the whole moment, you know, just oh, does no. his whole does does his whole thing or whatever. You know, I, I literally got in his face and literally just snatched the phone right back from him. I'm like, bro, we ain't doing that right we're not doing that. Well I wanna make sure I'm not cursing too much on you. Like we're not doing this right here right now, you know? Right. Like, that thing happened. So I snatched the phone from him and literally he literally just walked away and just went directly into the bathroom. So I don't know if he actually had to go take a piss or if he just wanted to avoid the confrontation that he was just about to have just about to have. I don't know which one it was, but yeah. But uh I will say on that second one though, him getting tossed into the pool was a highlight for me <laughs> for sure. That that was that was great. I was with Cody, yeah. Right. Yeah. In the pool. In the pool. Like, let's go. <laughs> no, I, I made it. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was, the, that was the thing about MJF. Because, like, you, you see a lot of on the other cruises or even that one where if you run into a lot of the heels, um, they're still nice to you in person on the cruise. But MJF stayed in character the entire cruise. And that's, I mean, I got to give the guy credit for that. And I think he signed a total of one autograph on that cruise. And he did it on the guy's forehead. I think I saw um, my whole thing was, and I've talked about it on this podcast before when I met, I went ahead and did the MJF, uh, photo op and it culminated in him throwing my brand new hat across the packed room because I guess you can't be wearing a hat if you're going to be meeting MJF or something. And, uh, luckily, you know, I was able to get it back. It was the same Nebraska hat I wore on cruises three and four, um, 
but it was it was uh it was definitely a meet and greet experience I won't ever forget. Um, I am oh yeah, I'm losing my train of thought with this. Something about you know he stayed in character. I yeah no I'm sorry I, I completely lost my train of thought with. No no it's all good man I think I think just with MJF man it's just yeah he's I give him credit. You know, he stays in character. I, I truly believe he is a absolute student of the game for oh. sure and respects the business. But it, it does got to get to a point where it's like if you're playing a heel 24-7, if you hear my dog in the background barking, I apologize. That's but okay. it's like it, it's got to be draining at some point. I mean, even Jericho, when he plays heel, he knows when to at least turn it on and off kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I, I do remember what I was getting at. So the very next uh, group of photo sessions you were able to do. So at the time of the second Jericho cruise, and you kind of alluded to it already, uh, MJF was in a massive rivalry with Cody Rhodes. Um, that, of course, was the only Jericho cruise that we had a dynamite on the ship where MJF got thrown into the pool by the Young Bucks on behalf of Cody Rhodes. But I made it a point where the next photo session, after the one where MJF threw my hat across the, the room, I made it a point of the first person us to meet in that next photo session was Cody Rhodes himself. And uh, knowing his rivalry and everything with MJF, and, you know, I'm going in completely in kayfabe at this, but I uh, I asked him, I said, hey, is it okay with you that I'm going to wear that I'm gonna wear my hat for this picture? And Cody Rhodes goes, absolutely. And, of course, Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes, so he's in a suit. He goes, absolutely, you know, wear whatever makes you feel comfortable. And I said, okay. Because not to name any names, but a certain rival of yours was the last person I met for a photo op. And he threw this hat across the room. And he goes, well, if it makes you feel any better, we had like a AEW huddle last night and we made him dress up for it. And he didn't want to, but we made him dress up anyway. And, and something along those lines trying to make me feel better. And like, obviously, I didn't actually care. It would have been something else if I completely lost my hat. But the fact that I got it back, I didn't care. But I was like, oh, I'm still going to go full-blown full into this story and make it a point of going to MJF's rival next and throwing MJF under the bus and seeing what Cody Rhodes has to say. And I think this was all like a day or two after that Dynamite taping where he was thrown into the pool from the Young Bucks on behalf of Cody Rhodes anyway. So it just made the moment all the sweeter for me. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Cody's cool. Yeah, I, have a chance, I had a chance to meet him. Not not on the second one. I took a picture with him. It was after All Out 2019 with him and um, with uh, him and Jesus Pharaoh. Fair, I was gonna done. say I thought I saw Pharaoh in that picture. Oh yeah, no, it was it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, Pharaoh, that, that dog way smarter than my dog. But I digress. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, it was it was really cool. So yeah, I'm a big Cody fan as well. I, I know some people aren't at this point in time. <laughs> unfortunately but so, uh yeah yeah let's go ahead and talk about that i know it's not really talking about the jericho cruise but that's okay um because my whole thing is it seemed like at the start of 2022 when jerick or when cody rhodes not jericho when cody rhodes was just finishing up his time in aew it seemed like the fan the aew fan base just seemed to be so sick of him at that point they're sick of seeing him in the tnt title picture and so it was it seemed like it was okay and it was the right time for him to leave. And I remember just seeing mixed reactions on the internet about it. And then he shows up at WrestleMania. And it, the big question was, is it going to be Cody Rhodes who's going to be 
Seth Rollins mystery opponent. And I, for one, I was hoping. And uh, I I seem to become all of a sudden the bigger Cody a bigger Cody Rhodes fan just from him showing up in WWE because it was you know a move that ultimately I didn't really see with the success that AEW was was getting in their early days. I didn't see that the first big name that leaves AEW to goes to WWE is one of the men who helped found AEW, one of the original vice presidents. And I just became a way even bigger Cody Rhodes fan at that time, and I'm still a pretty big fan of his. What was what was it like for you when Cody Rhodes left AEW, went show up in WWE? Did did he still have your support at, at that moment? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's different. You know, I have friends who, unfortunately, they were very upset about it, which, I mean, I understand, you know, Cody helped found the company, and, you know, from what Cody's saying, and, and Cody can kind of, sometimes in a way put his foot in his own mouth sometimes sure but he made it seem that he was going to be loyal to them to stay with them completely and then he jumped ship all of a sudden so i can see why fans are upset for sure i, I definitely get that valid reason but for me personally at the end of the day i'm, I'm all about the the talent it's like whatever works best for you like you know do you do what makes you happy and I mean, at the end of the day, Cody did what he always does. He, he bets on himself. He goes with his gut. And as of right now, it seems to be paying off for sure. But, yeah, yeah I, I didn't feel any animosity or anything like that. And, you know, I was just – I look at it as I was grateful for the fact that he took a chance with him and his friends. They gave the fans what they wanted, an alternative from WWE, you know, something different, something new, something fresh, new talent, giving an opportunity. And, you know, he helped play the role in that. And for that, I was always be – grateful for that and I'm, I'm rooting for him to, to win the big one i will be there at wrestlemania yes, definitely cheering him on so I'm, I'm looking forward to it absolutely no i just can't help but to think when and again you've been on all four jericho cruises as i have and uh excuse me thinking back to the first jericho cruise where ring of honor was a big wrestling company on the cruise and at that time the rumors were pretty heavy that cody rhodes and the young bucks and uh, maybe I think Adam Page was even in that conversation. Kenny Omega, not as much because he was kind of doing his own thing with New Japan, but there are still rumble, rumblings about him as well. Actually, no, there are complete rumblings about Omega as well, now I'm thinking about it. And they, they, the average wrestling fan seemed to really know that their contracts were ending with their respective companies, and there was rumor going around about a brand-new wrestling company being started, but it was just really a rumor at that moment. And so the idea was the Royal Rumble was coming up at that time. Like we, I think the first Jericho cruise was at the end of October in 2018. So the Royal Rumble's just around the corner. And I remember Cody Rhodes has a match on the Jericho cruise, one of the final matches of the cruise. And he takes to the mic afterwards and he says how much he loves independent pro wrestling and how there's a lot of rumors going on, on about him. And he goes, I'm letting you know right now I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying put. And then I think a couple fans mentioned the Royal Rumble. He's like, oh, yeah, the Royal Rumble. Yeah, just go ahead and tell your friends that I'll be at the Royal Rumble. Like, he just wanted to keep them going because he made it obvious he was not showing up. And then come full circle where this last Royal Rumble, he's not only in the Rumble, not as a surprise entry after being in WWE for the better part of a year, but wins the Royal Rumble match. So then I couldn't help but have those flashbacks to that moment of the first Jericho cruise where he was like sarcastically talking about the Royal Rumble. And now here, here he is as the most recent Royal Rumble winner. 
Yeah, you know, it is interesting, like full circle. That that's why I went back to the fact that yeah, I think Cody sometimes put his own foot in his own mouth. Got to be right. careful what he says. So, because fans, fans never forget the second you say something, they are literally the first to tweet you, message you, like you said this, you did this, you did that, and it's just they they the they can be brutal, brutal sometimes. Oh, that's for sure. Though. The internet wrestling community is such a toxic place. I'll be the first to admit that. And so, you know, I have my own thoughts and I share it on social media from time to time, but I don't want to, like, I don't want to prove somebody or, like, shout out somebody's flaws or, like, counter, like, hey, well, you said this a few years ago, what happened there? But, I mean, fans are brutal. I'll be the first to say that. And I think, really, the intelligent wrestling fans would also see it that way, that people can, wrestling fans could just be brutal. Well, fans of really any sport, for that matter, but in this case... Very brutal with what they see and what they do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, it's it's the old cliche that all these wrestlers say all the time. You would think these wrestling fans would kind of catch on. It's like they always tell you, like, never say never, right? Absolutely. Like just because they say something one minute, like it doesn't mean people's minds can't change or something in their life change and you know because i know a lot of people just thought like oh cody just only went back for the money i'm like well i'm sure money did play a part money does talk at the end of the day business is business but if and i truly believe this when what cody said like when he was a kid like he he wanted that WWE championship that's what he wanted that was his dream that's all he thought of for so many years and if he had a chance to potentially win in and go after it one more time. Because my, my thing is this, and we can move on from the Cody situation. I think when he left, first left, you know, he wanted to just get out, start fresh, do something new, you know, have some dream matches with people on independence. And I think he wanted to really stick it to WWE and show him that he could be a big star and yeah. show him that he could draw and, you know, show him that he could be the bigger star, bigger player. And I just think along the way, he just so happened to stumble onto this huge opportunity in AEW, which is like, how can you say no to that? You can start, you can start a revolution. You can start something different, something new that can really change the business for years to come. You know, it's kind of hard to say no to that. But yeah. I think in the back of his mind for years was, you know, potentially that WWE Championship still is, you know, it's that title his dad never held. You know, everybody knows how much he, he loved his dad. He wants to do this for him and for the family and, and for everybody else. So, I mean, that that's why I say I'm I'm rooting for him, and that's the direct the direction he's like they're going in. So, well, and it's it's the the Drew McIntyre route. Only the only exception was Cody Rhodes when he left WWE. He was ready to be out of his contract, where McIntyre didn't exactly have the choice when McIntyre parted ways WWE initially. But McIntyre went to the Indies. He made the most of for himself, and really shown why he's a key player in any company he goes to. And now, you know, he's always kind of, he's he's a centerfold, he's in the center of a lot of big WWE stories, and I think it's going to continue that way going forward, and I do see future WWE Championship wins again for Drew McIntyre, for sure. And, I mean, it was, it was a different route for Cody Rhodes, but essentially ends up doing the same thing, similar story. Um, and my whole thing is with Cody Rhodes as well, and then, yes, we can move on, but he... The big thing, I don't know if it's a mistake, but to me, if he if he left WWE tomorrow and goes back to AEW, I think that the ruling is still going to be in effect where he would not be able to challenge for the AEW championship because he you know made that proclamation early on in AEW when he ended up losing to Jericho where he said if he lost, he could never challenge for the world title again. 
But of course, the man still wanted to be a world champion somewhere, and so um, now you know WWE is a completely different company. He's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania, and hopefully, becoming a world champion for honestly the biggest wrestling company there is. And uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and and, it's, and I can't blame Cody for making that call because I mean I, I would have had no problem with him holding the AEW championship. I would have had no problem at the end of the day. You know, he's going to be dealing with those critiques. And, and, you know, just the fact that his last name is Rose, the fact that he's an executive vice president, the moment he gets a world title, everybody's like, oh, he's politicking with Tony Khan to get his way. He put the time himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, cause, and I think it's unfair because I, didn't, I don't think, and I could be wrong, I didn't hear that much criticism when the Bucks won the world tit- tag titles or when Kenny won the world title, even though he's considered the best in the world. So I can't really argue with that necessarily, but. Still, I mean, just the fact that his last name is Rhodes, you know, he's going to deal with a lot more criticism. Where in WWE, there's only one man making that call, and it's out of your control. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's, it's the whole idea with Charlotte Flair, too. Personally, wrestling's a different... It's, it's a different... I'm not. It's not a different sport, but what you see in the ring is a lot different nowadays than when Ric Flair was large and in charge in the you know 70s, 80s, and 90s. But I, I feel like Charlotte Flair... She will never be as big of a name as as Ric Flair was in the company, but it's, you know it's different times. But I feel she's a lot more athletic and far more of an athlete, and puts on better matches than her dad did back in the day. I mean that's my opinion, but that was another one where it came to her last name, and so many people feel like she's had so much success in WWE because she is a Flair. So, I mean, I get that though. But at the end of the day. Your name gets you through the door. Yep. The reason why you stay there is because of your work ethic and how hard you work and how good you are. Because people can like her, hate her, feeling different about Charlotte. She makes everybody step up their game. I'm, I'm the first one to say that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, honestly, I, I feel, I'm not going to say greatest women's wrestler of all time, but I think she should definitely be in that conversation. And I think she's most definitely, despite the fact of what her name is, I think she's earned the fact that she has so many accolades to to her name at this point. So, I digress. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For those people unfamiliar with you listening to this episode, whatever else, let's talk about um, kind of oh, it's, it's a twofold question, and I'll just completely give the floor over to you. Uh, but Jamal Gary, what... Like, how long have you been a wrestling fan? What got you into wrestling? And then carry that into what made you decide um, when it came time for booking for the first Jericho cruise. I, I heard you talk about this on another podcast, and I wanted to to share that with the audience here. What what got you deciding that you wanted to sign up for for this uh, new idea? Yeah. So just going a little bit back before then, so I got into wrestling. About, I think it was like 1999, so I was about seven years old, smack dab in the middle of the ad to air, arguably the highest time in the business. How can you not been a fan at that time? The whole 
Rock, Austin, DX, Chopping, Kane's, Brothers, Destructions, Undertakers, Mankind's, McFoles. Like, it was, what a stack roster, right? I mean, just so happened to turn on the TV, I think, one time, or one of my classmates told me about it, and I've been hooked ever since. But mainly during that time, I was mainly watching SmackDown because I didn't, I didn't have cable growing up for a while. So all I had was, you know, just regular, you know, broadcast television. All I could watch was SmackDown. I couldn't really watch Raw, but, you know, they always do, like, the Raw rebound, the Raw recap sometimes, so you had an idea of what was going on at Raw. And fortunately, I couldn't watch WCW because by the time I got cable in my house, when I got a little bit older, they were already bought out, so I missed out on all this stuff in the Monday Night Wars. But, you know, you see highlights and go back and see some of that old stuff, which is cool. But it was around that time, you know, 99, became a fan. I haven't stopped watching. I haven't stopped loving it. And, you know, it's one of those things that gives me a peace of mind. It helps me relax, you know, when I'm stressed or unhappy about something or, I, you know, it's just always my place. I can always go to and, and enjoy it. Um, so haven't looked back since. Now, as far as like the Jericho Cruise, how that came about. So uh, I believe it was actually. So in my mind, for the longest, I told myself I would never go on a cruise, never go on a boat. I saw the movie, The Titanic, as a child. I was traumatized. I can't swim. I was like, never doing that. Nope, never. And then I think one year, uh, some of my family members actually went on a cruise for Christmas. They wanted to do something different. And then they came back. It was like, oh, man, you know, it's fine. It wasn't too bad. You know, there's some stuff to do on the boat where you kind of forget that you're even on the boat. It kind of keeps you busy. So it's not bad. You know, and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, okay. You know, I'll I, I think about it. I'll, you know, open to it maybe. See what happens. And then um, I can't remember how I saw it, but that that social media video that Chris posted about the cruise, about it's his crew, it's his boat, you know, it's rock, rock and roll, wrestling, comedy, all on one boat. And I saw that video, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do a cruise, it's that one. It is that one. First of its kind. Never, no one's ever done it before. And I was like, you know what? How many people are going to sit here and say that they were on the first ever Chris Jericho cruise? I'm like, I'm looking at shit. It's on. Absolutely. And I have not looked back since. Here we are four cruises later. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. After every single year, it's almost like, man, what a ride. We have a hell of a ride. Should I go on the next one? Like, I don't know. I did the first one. Okay, I did the second one. Am I going back? Well, I did three. I don't know. And as soon as they let you know, they give you that email, like, all right, book your cabins now. There's no pre-sale. And I'm like, screw it. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Like, it's, it's just nonstop, man. But that that's how it all started for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, and, and that was kind of, and we've shared on past episodes of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast before what kind of got me into the Jericho Cruise itself. Um, uh, if you want to go back and listen to the Ryan Johnson episode, that was completely centered around the Jericho cruise and just our, our thought process going into the cruise, the things we did wrong, things we enjoyed, interactions we had episode. I definitely recommend to the listeners, especially those interested in the Jericho cruise talks to go back and listen to if they haven't already. Um, but for Ryan and I, we were, we were just wanting to take a trip. And we, we'd done the WrestleMania thing uh, together before. We went to WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. And uh, so we were we were talking about going to SummerSlam, uh, SummerSlam 2018. And I was 
you know, at the time, neither of us had ever been to New York. And, now, you know, back when SummerSlam was in Brooklyn every year. So it was, and it was, you know, it was a big four pay-per-view. So, like, let's give this a try. And then we started having second thoughts and, you know, life gets in the way. So I started mentioning to him about, hey, well, maybe let's look into, let's have a backup plan in mind in case SummerSlam falls through or if it gets to be too much too much money, whatever else. It's, I mean, it's one thing to do all the wrestling shows, but you still have to afford to live in New York for a weekend and still have to pay for all your meals and hotel accommodations and everything on top of that. So might be a good idea to have a backup plan. And then I was, I was always listening to talk as Jericho at that time. And every episode he started off talking about the first ever Chris Jericho cruise. And every time I listened to it, it was in one ear and out the other. I was like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Cool. He's going to do his own cruise. Like that's whatever. And then one day it kind of hit me. I say, wait a minute, he's doing a cruise. There's never been wrestling on a cruise before this actually now that i think about it more and the names he had on board with like mick foley and diamond dallas page and ricky steamboat and ray mysterio even i was like this could actually be huge and where SummerSlam's been doing this every year like this is the first ever like how often can we say in you know 2017 2018 at the time that we were part of a first ever anything Exactly. And, and so that's what I, I pitched it to Ryan. I gave him the website, and he said, oh, that does sound like a good uh, possible alternative. Seems like the cheaper route, ultimately. And we got together that night, and all of a sudden, we weren't thinking about SummerSlam anymore. And we're like, okay, let's let's book this cruise. And it was different for me because I had a friend ahead of time, like probably a month or two before this, who had been on a number of cruises himself. And he said... Going on a cruise is something I recommend anybody to do at least once during their lifetime. And he just mentioned something simple of like, you know, being at the top of a ship and looking into the night sky and not having the city lights around you and just, you know, seeing the stars and everything else. Just, you know, kind of peaceful settings. And that's where I was like, wow, that sounds incredible. It sounds like something I want to do. And then you combine that, like, simple idea with something I love, like pro wrestling. I said, um, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and, uh, I mean, so did, did that first Jericho cruise exceed your, did you have high expectations and then exceed them or where were your expectations at and where was reality in, in comparison? See, and, and that's the funny thing, man, like going into that cruise, man, is we didn't know what to expect. Right. You know, it's, it's, there's no template, there's nothing to go based off of necessarily especially never being on a cruise boat before and you know I, I, it was just one of those things you know you know just being you know, growing up as a jerkaholic you know i was like all right i trust him all right he's if he's gonna do something he's not gonna half-ass it he's he's gonna go all in on it he's gonna make sure he gives everything he has and you know make sure people have a great time and i mean i mean honestly i mean going into it I was definitely nervous, like, you know, that moment when Fozzie starts playing, and you realize, like, oh, damn, we're, we're moving. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that, I, got, I kind of got nervous on that one, because, like, like I said, I can't swim. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is really happening, so we can't get off now, because I was with my buddy, uh, his name is Jeremy, he was on the first one. So, uh, we were like, yeah, we're, we're doing this, man. There's, there's there's no turning back now, we can't get off, it's just too late, but I was like, you know what? This boat sinks, bottom of the ocean, 
I can't think of a better way of going out. I mean, yeah. right on my tombstone, died partying with Chris Jericho on the first ever rock and wrestling you see. That, I'm owning that. Yeah. Put that on my tombstone, okay? No better way of going out. But getting off that cruise, I was like, man, that was crazy. Absolutely. I, it, it was crazy. It was, it's, it's, it was just really like, somebody asked me to like describe the cruise. I was like, imagine, you know, going into an awesome universe where you could just leave the realities of your everyday life, getting away from all the BS and everything that goes on in life, because, you know, we're all going through something, and, you know, we all sometimes, you know, struggle with life. Life is hard, though, but imagine just being able to leave with a crib behind, going to an awesome universe, surrounding yourself with so many like-minded people that you have common interests with, and you actually talk about things that you both can understand and the other person's not looking at you crazy like, what are you talking about? What was that? You know, like, that and or, you know, not having to deal with people that's like, hey, you know, like, you know, wrestling's fake, right? Yeah, so is everything else you watch on television. You can hear it. I digress. But, uh, it, that's, that's literally what it is. And now we're on, just finished the fourth. At this point now, it's, it's literally a family reunion at this point. But, that, that first one, man, it was it was so dope, man. It's, I mean, you know, I made you know few. I made a few friends first go around. More so of this awesome couple I met. Their name is uh, Will, Will and uh, Rachel Grant. They were awesome. They were dressed as the Hardys. And now I can't imagine my way without them. I met them on the first one, and they're awesome. But I think even like the second cruise, that was when I started making more friends and having more comfortable being around so many other people because at my heart I'm an introvert but honestly this cruise kind of like brought me out of my shell a little bit more you because know? people think I'm crazy like you're an introvert like dude you're ever on the boat you're talking to people we high five we saying hi like no nah, dude I'm, I'm an introvert it's just oh but 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 it more out of me so now I can kind of like turn it on and off but but that first one man was just unreal man so going into it didn't know what to expect Left that boat, I was like, man, Chris, he really did it. He set a goal, he did it. And we got time on our lives, man. Yeah, no, I mean, no, just, even just like I said before, like, just going to that first cruise, man, it was, it was just, we had no expectations because it's never been done before. But we, me and my buddy, like Jeremy, we, we got on there, we were just nervous. And, you know, it's just like, you know, no turning back, you know, so... We're on it. We had a great time. We came, we saw, we rocked, we raged, and dude, like it, it was just awesome, man. Absolutely. Now, crazy. You did mention uh, you said at heart you're an introvert, and um, you know I talked to the man behind Cruz Kane, and we're gonna have Cruz Kane on a future episode, and he said as Cruz Kane, like bringing on a, a Kane uh, cosplay costume, and he's done a lot to update his uh, cruise cruise cane attire over the last uh, handful of cruises and he said it a lot of ways brings him out of his shell and that's what I want to so when I first was even even heard of you I saw you on the second Jericho cruise and what you seem to be known for and especially on the cruisers page after the cruise was your cosplay of Orange Cassidy and the fact that you said already that you're an introvert, I think that's kind of the perfect character to, for you to cosplay into, who's somebody who'd also be very introverted as a character. Um, I mean, did, was this just something you wanted to try at one point, or did you uh, 
have a vision behind doing the Orange Cassidy cosplay, or tell us about this. I was just saying, like, I didn't really have, like, any, um, thought necessarily behind it. Um, I think just the second one, I just wanted to just try to cosplay, because, you know, a lot of people do cosplays, especially the first one. And, you know, I just wanted to, like, okay, like, what was something that I can do that's, you know, kind of simple, well, I'm going to do, like, face paint or anything like that, or... You know, I just wanted to just keep it simple, straight to the point. I was like, oh, okay, Orange Cassidy, you know, started to really like him and became a fan of his. I was like, you know what? Denim jeans, denim jacket, sunglasses, t-shirt, whatever. Simple. Uh, and honestly, you know, it kind of took on a life of its own because I told myself, all right, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make sure I'm doing it right. You know? And... That's why half the time people saw me, I was either sitting down, lying down, taking a nap, or just rolling around, or, you know, just walking casually past people, you know, slow, like, whatever, you know. I just wanted to make sure I at least, you know, did it right, do right by the character, at least. So, and honestly, it kind of took on a life of its own. Like, you know, I told myself, okay, I was going to do it once and have fun with it, but, I don't know, people really seemed... To, to dig it, and people were like, oh my gosh, like, dude, you actually went above and beyond this Morse Cassidy character, and they were like, yeah, we've seen some people do it, but you actually did it. Yeah. Like, you did it <laughs> the whole time, like, all day, I remember being in a casino, just doing Morse Cassidy, I was playing blackjack, and I was just, just sitting there, just, you know, when they asked you, you know, like, you want to hit, you want to stay, like, I gave, like, smooth hand gestures, and it even got to the point where they're like, uh, sir, you about to take off your sunglasses. You can't wear a casino. And I looked at him like, whatever. I mean, I did it anyway, though, but, but, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to fool and commit and, yeah, just show that I was actually serious about it. But, again, just took on a life of his own and people seemed to really dig it. So, similar to uh, Tony on the boat, who's known as, you know, Ric Flair. You know, I just, yeah. that, was, that was my thing. So, I'm um, Orange Cassidy, like, he's Ric Flair, and, you know, I tend to do it every year. I don't know if I retire it. I'm not sure yet. I don't know. But people really seem to dig it. So I was like, okay, you know, like best friends, got to get the people what they want, right? Yeah, my whole thing was like, you know, on Cruise 2, I didn't know you. I think you and I officially really met on Cruise 3 and, you know, had some late night. Late night. I don't, I don't even want to say dinners because it definitely wasn't a normal dinner time. Uh, but we shared... A, enjoyed a meal nevertheless and uh had some conversation then and got to know each other on cruise three and then we were pretty good friends i'd say on cruise four for sure um but with that said i just remember uh so the first time i see you on the four leaf clover in your orange cassidy cosplay and you walk by me and i i go to fist bump you as i often did anytime i did come by you on the cruise but this time i'm like all right this is orange cassidy so we did the kind of careless fist bump, and I swear it was the best Orange Cassidy fist bump I've ever like done with somebody that other than Orange Cassidy himself. So I think just the mannerisms and everything you p completely got on par. So I want to give you some credit for that. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. That, and that was one thing I wanted to do, like you know, going into the second cruise when I decided to you know do the cosplay, and I was like, okay. I literally watched videos of him certain matches 
Elvis Beatrice is, where he does promos, kind of like his mannerisms, how he kind of walks, how he kind of lays down, or, you know, sometimes, like, he'll lay flat on the ground, you have, like, one leg. And he air cross, like, with his, like, hands behind his head, I even notice certain things like that, it's like, you know, just, just studying, you know, like, I wanted to definitely do right by him, and uh, funny enough, uh, this last cruise, I wore it, and I'm walking past Cheeseburger, and then he was like, oh, my God, dude, we got to get a picture. I was just texting Orange just now, and I'm going to send it to him. And then uh, he sent the picture of me and him, and then Cheese told me, like, hey, man, uh, no, uh, Orange saw it, and then he typed back, and he said, ha-ha. And I was like, figures. And then you said that was from this most recent cruise where Cheese had texted Orange? or Because, I mean, Orange was on the cruise three. Yeah, yeah. So I did do a, uh, I did do the pitch. I did do a picture with him at the meet and greet. You know, we did the thing. I, I wore the outfit along with him, which was cool. And I think, funny enough, on the third one, somebody mentioned to me like I was literally asleep in the hallway, full gimmick, kind of like half sleep, because I was waiting for another meet and greet or a podcast or something. So I was just killing some time. So I was like, all right, whatever, just lay down. Apparently, uh, somebody said that Orange Cassidy actually saw me as he was passing down the hallway, and I guess he just glanced at me, I guess gave a thumbs up, and just kept walking or something. So. <laughs> that's great. And that's one other thing I want to give you credit for, and, like, you really do, you, you soak it all in, you really do seem to live your uh, best life on the cruise, um, you know, for those people who know Taryn Lee and, and Dez and everyone else, and they, they say, you know, the Canadians are the ones that are known for staying up all night on the cruise, and having a good time throughout the night and, you know, go to bed for maybe two hours and then get up and uh, it's a party all over again. But, like, for me, I I don't think I outlasted you any of the nights on this last cruise. I think any time – Grant, I didn't try as hard. Like, cruise three, I was all about staying up till like, 7 or 8 in the morning. Uh, but this one was a little different. But even still, um, if there was one person I saw right before I called it a night, it was always you and you're always – Still doing something. Did, did you manage to get any sleep on this last cruise? So my rule is two-hour power naps. That's it. Okay. So, so. you usually, uh, I think every night I got back, the earliest I got back to my room was probably like five in the morning. And even then, I was like, all right, two-hour power nap. All right, get up, get breakfast or something. Go get a workout in or something. You know, get the blood flow going. You know, bluff well going, you know, to get back up and get back at it all over again. Yeah, which I know some people are like, like, you're going to go to sleep at like five in the morning, and you're going to wake up and go work out on vacation. I tell people, I'm like, look, guys, I'm on vacation. Just because I'm on vacation doesn't mean I'm totally on vacation. I still like working out is another thing I like to do sometimes. You know, it's, it's my place of peace. It keeps me calm, you know, it keeps me focused, gives me something to do. It does help me wake up sometimes two in the morning, but I will say there was one day in particular. Uh, I think it was the second night or third night. So I stayed up the whole night. Uh, Taryn can definitely attest to this because I was up with her a lot of times. And, you know, yeah, me and her, we, yeah, a lot of us, we were still up the whole night. And then, you know, we actually sat up and we, we stayed up till like the sun rose, which was really cool. And I was like, well, I stayed up till the sunrise. Might as well go eat something. Okay, made it this far. Might as well just go work out now instead of going to sleep. I kid you not, I tried to go work out. Dude, I started falling asleep standing up. 
I couldn't even finish. I was like, you know what? I'm going to drop a weight. I'm going to pull a muscle. I'm going to do something. I was like, nope, I got to go to bed. I got a two-hour power nap. All right, back at it. Get back up. Start the day all over again. Just keep going. Nonstop. Was was that on this last cruise you said on Four Leaf Cove? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The previous, yep. So you did your two-hour power nap, and then you go and start your day. Did you try to work out again after your power nap, or were you just were you cruising and doing activities at that point? No, nah, I was cruising and doing activities, honestly, because, uh, I mean, I, I tried to go back and do it later on, but I was like, nah, for some reason, I just wasn't feeling it. But instead, I just went to go shoot some hoops as well. So that was cool. Just, you know, I mean, it does help me stay awake and keep the blood flow going because I think uh, at one point in time, like five or six in the morning, if I'm sitting down too long, my body is trying to tell me to go to sleep. And I'm like, F off. I'm not going to bed. Nope, we're getting up. We're moving. Not happening. Got to keep moving. Absolutely. So I, I, I do want to talk to you at the very, very beginning of this interview. You said, especially with the different bands on a Jericho cruise that you, uh, you really want to make sure you go and see. And I know with uh, Four Leaf Clover, of course, Fozzie is always a big hit on the Jericho cruise. But then extended from that, you know, Quarantine has now on the last two cruises put on a rock and good concert uh both cruises three and four and then stemming from the four leaf clover each night was guardians of the jukebox which had both uh rich ward and i believe pj farley from fozzy and they oh my goodness three different concerts late night concerts all of which put on amazing shows that everyone in the atrium area seemed to really get into with all the the classic 80s music so maybe aside from those three bands were there uh, any bands that really stuck out to you as like real gold bands that you saw, especially on Four Leaf Clover, that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah, those, yeah, for sure, in particular. So for me, for people that know me, like traditionally, like growing up, you know, I'm from the south side of Chicago. You know, you grew up on, you know, hip hop, R&B. So I never really grew up on rock and roll music, which honestly, the, the, the cruise, you know, it allowed me to be exposed to like different types of music which you know i started digging and things like that which is cool and fozzy yeah fozzy we all know them for sure uh guardians of the jukebox man they were they were phenomenal I- i'm not gonna lie especially that last night it was just like oh what a feeling we were dancing on the ceiling literally um but uh all those guys awesome and then of course even the shout out you know we are wasted i mean come on like their story was you know them doing a walls of jericho for what was like thousand fourteen hundred days straight until they got booked or whatnot oh they gave the exact number and i I knew it was over a thousand i was waiting for a number like a thousand four like jericho's thousand four moves in wcw but no it was even higher (laughs) than that but it was an exact number i remember hearing yeah i I can't remember the exact number it's escaping my head right now though but the fact that they finally made it which was cool and you know they were fun they were a good time you know i enjoyed i saw both of their sets you know i would love for the for them to get booked again you know because they Hell, they had the time of their lives. Like, oh, most definitely. Their crew, their crew. I remember Ryan's brother Kevin. Like, funny enough, Kevin, he he had a great time. He even said the same thing, kind of like other people say. I was like, dude, I've seen you everywhere. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I've seen you everywhere. Yeah, like, you too. Like, you went all over the place. But man, but yeah, they were really cool. Um, yeah, like those bands, they 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 were a lot of fun, man. Like, just having a good time. Unfortunately, I missed. Uh, uh, I missed uh, Dave. I, I missed Dave. Oh, Dave Spivak. Yeah, like I, I missed his because there was certain things I was conflicting 
um, like my schedule and stuff I wanted to do. I wish I would check them out a little bit more. But uh, besides that, man, they definitely shout out to We Are Wasted. So because their story was great and, you know, they made their dream come true and they, they had the time of their lives, especially, especially Dylan. Especially Dylan. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and I, I want to give a shout out to We Are Wasted as well. It, I, I had to smile because while we've been doing this interview, um, my phone's been blowing up here and there. People call me because they don't realize we're podcasting right now or whatever else. And all of a sudden, I, I get a Instagram notification that We Are Wasted has now started following me on Instagram, and then they're liking a couple of my fos- posts. So it's fitting that here we are talking about them. But um, to me, you know, and they came. You came to the house that we stayed in for the few days before the cruise in Miami and got to have a good time with us and watching wrestling and enjoying some some beverages. Well, you were still having a good time because uh, as your friend, I'm proud to say you're also a sober man. But um, anyway, but you still, regardless if you drink or not, always having a good time. And We Are Wasted came to the house that last night and hung out with us. And they were so much fun to hang out with. And aside from the theme song of the Taryn and Dez show, I wasn't really familiar with their music yet at the time. So I went to their concert kind of blind. And their first concert on the, on the cruise. And, you know, I they said that they were going to do the Taryn and Dez show theme song. And that was, that was a rocking good time. But one thing I really liked about them is they didn't want to be known as a cover band, though they did a lot of covers. They had a lot of good... good of, their own material, a lot of good songs, but then the songs that they did that everybody knows, they didn't want it to be mistaken for the original song, whether it be Gangster's Paradise or Real American or Larger Than Life or Mad World, so on and so forth, but they wanted to add their own spin to really make it with a unique sound, and I thought they did an absolutely phenomenal job with doing just that, with taking these songs that everyone knows, at least on a wrestling cruise, and making it their own, giving it, giving these songs their own unique spin and their own unique sound, and uh, so I cannot recommend them enough. If you haven't had a chance to check out We Are Wasted's material, do yourself a favor and go do so because they. Uh, I'm so glad that they were on Four Leaf Clover. I hope that they make it on to Five Alive because they they no disappointments. They are so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm similar with you, man. Like I went in, went in pretty blind. I mean, you know, I didn't really know too much of them going into the cruise beside the whole, you know, videos and the whole, you know, Walls of Jericho campaign and stuff like that. I heard about that. But yeah, no, because yeah, they, they were great. Like I really went in, didn't know what to expect. Didn't really know too much about them. No, but I was like, you know what? I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. They were great. And I was honestly, I'm not going to say skeptical or anything, because, I mean, there's a reason why like Jericho had had heard enough of their material that there was reason that they ended up being signed onto the cruise. Um, I think they had opened up for Fozzie in the past in uh, different concerts in California that really got them exposed to Jericho for making the selection to bring them on Four Leaf Clover. Um, so they were already good enough to make it on. Like, they, they passed that test, so to speak. But... My whole thing at the same time was it was in the back of my mind. And I didn't like the fact that it was there, but it was there where we got along with them so well before the cruise even started. So I was like, well, naturally, I'm going to go see my friends perform. And I was like, I really hope I like these guys. 
And I hope it's not just one of those things where I want to see them because we are friends with them. But I want to see them because I legitimately enjoy their product. And my goodness, they, they delivered. It was... Yes, I went and saw them because I, I hung out with them and I interacted with them. And it just made sense to go see them. But... If I went to that concert completely blind where I didn't even know who the guys of We Are Wasted, I can still firmly stand here and say I will gladly go back to another We Are Wasted set, even if I hadn't ever met the guys, because they're just so good with what they do. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Like, even if they came here near the Chicagoland area, I definitely would pop in on them and check them out for sure. But uh, I know that I'll probably see some of them in uh, California, WrestleMania weekends at think a couple of them are going to try to go to the show so yeah i'm definitely going to try to catch up with those guys because they're, they're really cool to be around you know they yeah they are time. great to chat with and you know hang out with them so they're good guys so definitely anybody listening definitely check them out so uh i mean we we've mentioned wrestlemania a handful of times now and i think it's appropriate we talk you're going to your first ever wrestlemania here and uh just less than two months away now and um I mean, I'm sure you've been to plenty of WWE shows now. Do you have a, a classic get-up for, like, what you wear to WWE events? I'm assuming maybe not doing the Orange Cassidy thing, or have you really thought that far of what, what the Jamal Gary attire is going to be WrestleMania weekend? No, no, I ain't really no, putting no thought into it. I don't really <laughs> plan or plan on doing anything. I mean, I know that uh, night two I will be rocking a Cody, Cody Rhodes shirt, man, because, like I said, I'm rooting for him. You know, people that know me, you know, I'm, I am a Roman Reigns fan. And I'm sure a lot of people be like, uh, really? Seriously? Yes. Yes, I am. There was one night in particular I did have on a Bloodline shirt, which some people did look at me uh, the wrong yep. way. Like, yep. I remember seeing that, but I did not give you the wrong look because I was like, oh, Jamal with the Bloodline shirt. I love it. Damn right. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely time. It's Cody's time. And. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. But yeah, this is my going to be my first one. And I mean, I've been holding out on this for a while. You know, some of my friends, you know, they, they went to Tampa. They went to Dallas. And I was like, dude, you don't want to come? I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting for L.A., man. L.A. is the one for me because it's really almost full circle in a way because the first WrestleMania I ever watched on pay-per-view was the last Mania that was in L.A., which was 21, which was definitely – uh. I wouldn't necessarily say people would probably wouldn't necessarily say it was one of the best WrestleManias, but it was special to me because it was the first one I saw on pay-per-view. Yeah. And, I thought it was a solid you know, show. Yeah, it, it was solid. I mean, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, match of the night by far. But, you know, that was the night, you know, Cena became the man, became WWE champion, Batista won the world title. So I was big fans of both those guys. It was great to see that. And, and then it's only poetic that my first mania that I see in person is when they come back to LA since. So this gonna be really cool. And you know, that's why some people and last year my buddies went to Dallas. And they're like, man, you don't wanna come to Dallas with us? I'm like, huh, Dallas, LA, Hollywood, Texas. And <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Hollywood. But there's a slight, a slight part of me that's kicking myself because if I knew Austin was gonna have a full blown freaking 15 minute match i would have booked that in a second yeah that's true man i was so mad <laughs> so man i was just like yeah I, the, a good 15 minute match and i was like that actually was not terrible i was so scared that something was gonna happen if he was gonna get hurt or because he took that suplex bump on the concrete but oh i was like why why did you do that why 
But uh, man, that was actually a pretty good show. And I was like, I've never seen Austin in person in my life ever. And I was like, ah. But yeah, it's but but it's okay. I mean, there's rumors flying around. You know, yep. Austin's getting in shape. You know, getting yep. in really good shape. And I, I don't know. Maybe 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 it was something to happen. Hopefully so. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> fingers crossed. Happens, yeah, fingers crossed, man. I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'm I'm hoping, man, because. It's, it's it's weird when I saw him. Like, why is he getting in such good shape? Because something's going on. Because even goes back to like when Edge was getting back into shape. Because my buddy, um, his name's Tim. He he does. He hasn't watched wrestling in years, like years since we were kids. And I remember he sent me a poster. He saw something on the internet. He was like, "Dude, is this true? Like, Edge is getting in such great shape here. I heard he's making a comeback." And then when I saw, because like I said, I, people know I'm not real on social media like that. I'm not following everybody and. Constantly on social media, but when I saw what Edge looked like training, I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. There's no way in hell he's getting in that kind of shape and not doing the comeback. There's no way in hell. Absolutely. Just hoping, hoping hoping the same thing for Austin and hoping the same thing for Steve. Yeah, and I think I think if all else fails, I I think it's I don't want to say fairly safe to say, but I hope. At least Austin shows up at that WrestleMania. If you said you haven't been to a show whatsoever that Austin's been a part of, he hopefully will at least be there in some sort of capacity. It'd be nice to see him have yet another match. Uh, he did show that he could go with Kevin Owens. Um, definitely don't bring him back full time by any means, but it'd be nice. And I, I'm I'm anxious. I'm anxious, and that just, I love wrestling this time of year. Um, I, I I keep thinking and. We don't have to talk a whole lot about WWE. In fact, we'll probably have to wrap things up here in a moment. But um, the Bloodline storyline right now and Sami Zayn's involvement is so, so, so strong in WWE programming that I almost feel like it's kind of taking away from the fact that Cody Rhodes won the Rumble and he's in that main event spot of WrestleMania. Of course, I will be supporting Cody Rhodes. I have my Cody Rhodes shirt ready for night two of WrestleMania to wear. Um so Mary Russo, if you're listening to this right now, there's a little bit of a spoiler for you. She would understand. But anyway, um it to me it's so Sami Zayn's getting a, a WWE championship match at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Uh so he definitely has a home field advantage there. The crowd's gonna be louder than ever for him. But to me, I think this the storyline is so big that they they can't really end it at Elimination Chamber. And, I mean, I heard rumor a while back that they're talking about Zayn and Owens against the Usos at WrestleMania, but I, I don't know. And so I'm anxious to see, but I'm not, like, I'm not going to say I'm not holding my breath because it's just WWE, you, I have so many expectations this time of year, and I'm expecting to see this happen with these people. And then WWE always is notorious for coming in, and they're like, okay, you're right on this angle. But let's prove you wrong on this one. Let's throw a curveball that you weren't expecting. And so it's just making me, as a fan, so excited to watch their programming to see what happens next. How does this shape up for WrestleMania with how big of a story this is? Because I don't see it. I don't see it ending at Elimination Chamber. I really don't. Yeah, yeah. This this one is is weird because um, I will say this: when Sammy became part of the Bloodline, he brought new life to the Bloodline because it was starting to get to a point where it was starting to get a little bit stale. Sammy comes on board, and Solo comes on board. It brought it new life, in my opinion, which was really cool. And man, it's that was the one thing I was nervous when Cody came back. 
because I was like, eh, are they going to give them the Batista treatment? Are they going to turn on them because they want Sammy to win so much? Which the story makes total sense. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I ideally, I would, I would like to think it will be Owens and Zayn taking the tag titles off the Usos. But honestly, I would not mind if I don't see why they can't do this, especially if they're going to have keep two titles. I think that's the rumor I'm hearing they're going to keep the two titles I have no problem with you know if Roman wrestles both nights Sammy takes the title off Roman the universal title and Cody gets the WWE title if they're going to keep the two titles if they're not going to merge them together I, I wouldn't mind them going that route because that's what I'm hoping for yeah but but definitely I'm pretty sure KO is going to make his presence felt at Elimination Chamber somehow some way because we haven't seen him since the that's Rumble true. So. that's true so yeah it's a uh... It's a good time to be a wrestling fan in any sort of ways. And I will once again want to take this opportunity to plug the main reason why he came on the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast today. To plug the Chris Jericho Cruise. Um, Five Alive, the booking is starting here real shortly. The the pre-booking and then uh, going on with the general public here real soon within the next week or two. Um, something, Jamal, I, I'm sure you can back me up on this that highly recommend especially if you've never been on if you've even thought about wanting to go on a cruise and you're a wrestling fan maybe not even a wrestling fan because they have activities for everybody not just wrestling fans it is primarily a wrestling cruise but or if you've just been on the fence about a jericho cruise in general something i will always recommend and uh i think you can back me up on this correct no absolutely see here's my thing about the cruise you're a wrestling fan I will always tell you, go at least one time if you can. Absolutely. They have payment plan options. You, you can do a monthly payment plan to put your money down. You don't have to spend all in one all in one payment. So they can split up the payments. They're flexible. It, it's a great time. Wrestling fans, being around like-minded people. I mean, you never know who you're going to run into in the casino, party with, have conversations with, with other wrestlers. You know, it's it's, it's such a fun time. It's it's. Man, it's just literally just honestly, it's the happiest place on earth. It's not it, it's not Disney at this point. It's it's the Chris Jericho's happiest place on earth, not Disney. And I mean, it's at this point, it's it's like a family. You know, you come in, you have a good time, you can be yourself. Don't worry about constantly being judged. You know, it's man, I, I can't, honestly I can't recommend it like high enough. Man, it's definitely book if you can. You know, for sure. I mean, Jericho really created something special here, yeah. and I will always be thankful and grateful for him for that. Even if you want to go, but no one else is with you, go. Because I'm telling you, you are going to meet new people, make new friends coming off of that crew. So even if you're just flying alone, you won't be alone. You're going to make at least one new best friend coming off of that boat. I guarantee it. Yep. So if you can book, please book. Definitely check it out. ChrisJellicoCruise.com. Book your cabins, man. Absolutely. Jamal, I want to thank you for uh, taking your time to come on to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast today. A very fun conversation. Um, you know, there's different audio level issues at times, but the the bulk of the conversation and the subject matter behind the conversation, very much enjoyable for me. You are always welcome back on the show, but thank you for taking your time to come on today. No, absolutely, man. Hey, go. Definitely uh, more than happy to come on, you know, chat wrestling, chat, you know, anything you want to talk about, you know, specifically, man, I mean, I'm all game, man, just, just let me know, man. Thanks okay. for having me on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think let's go ahead and uh, I'll say this now for everyone listening to this episode to hear. Um, when WrestleMania is all said and done, let's go ahead and get you back on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, and you can share your experiences with your first ever WrestleMania weekend. How's that sound? It sounds good, brother. All right, it's booked. So uh, again, thank you for your time. To both special shout out to the guest today, Jamal Gary, and for the listeners taking the time to listen to this very fun conversation for me. Anytime I get the chance to talk to fellow Jericho cruisers about the cruise and about wrestling in general, it's always a good time for me. And it was fun having Jamal on the show, Um, especially somebody I didn't really get to know real well until shortly before um, four leaf clover in a lot of ways, Uh, but very fun conversation for me. So thanks again. And, uh, Thank you for your time, and hopefully you all enjoyed this episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast as well. Again, I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac, and until next time, we will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.